Hello, everybody. Thank you for taking some time from your busy schedules to listen to Life versus Work here on localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma. Here on Life versus Work, we try to talk about the various aspects of balancing work with your lives, whether it be in terms of time, money, or anything else. Today, we're looking at an aspect of the work-life balance that's certainly trending as the utilization of peer-to-peer sharing gains popularity and accessibility. Relay Rides is one of those organizations, and joining us to talk about this subject is the founder and chief community officer of Relay Rides, Shelby Clark. Shelby, thanks for coming on today. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, Tim. You know, prior to you founding, essentially, Relay Rides and sort of the stuff you've been doing there, what were some of your experiences in terms of business and employment and, and really leading up to, to this area? Sure. Uh, well, I started my career uh, in management consulting, so um, helping big businesses think about strategy and solve, uh, you know, big problems. And it was, you know, a really interesting job, but, um, you know, it felt a little detached for me. And so uh, I moved on and, and got involved in startups where I was, you know, uh, helping to directly build a business, which I found really exciting. And the startup that I got involved with was called Kiva.org. And this was around 2006 when I got involved. Kiva provides, or it's a platform to allow people in the developing world uh, to contribute uh, small amounts of money to microfinance loans in the developing world. So basically, in the developing world, it can be really difficult to, to access any sort of capital to start a small business, you know, even a couple hundred dollars to stock a general store. Mm-hmm. Um, and so microfinance provides loans um, to you know people that would be otherwise uh, unbanked. And so... Kiva was um, a really fast-growing organization. Um, it's it grew grew from about two hundred thousand dollars in loans whenever I first got involved uh, to about a quarter of a billion dollars in loans today. So, a real story of um, of huge growth and success. Uh, and it was really built on this this uh, concept of peer to peer of connecting people. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically connecting people online to form um, you know, to benefit the offline world, uh, and that was something that I found uh, really exciting and really intriguing. Great, and I mean that's definitely something we'll we'll tap into a lot more as we go forward. Now, for yourself, did you always envision becoming an entrepreneur and and delving into this type of area? <laughs> um, well, I think I was always excited about the idea of um, of starting a business, of you know mm-hmm. uh, creating creating something new, getting my hands dirty. Fixing something that was broken or making something better. Right. Um, I, I don't think that I, or I, I wouldn't have guessed that I would have founded, um, a, you know, a, a car sharing company. <laughs> um, you know, I've I've always been excited about uh, sustainability, but um, you know, the uh, the idea for Really Rides really came up because uh, I saw, uh, you know, an opportunity to make something that I knew and loved. I, fa- I saw a way to make it better. Well, let's talk about that specifically a little bit and relay rides. Uh, what is it exactly? I mean, if you could put it in a nutshell for people who haven't heard of it, don't really know, how would you describe it in, in a nice little neat summary? So Relay Rides is the world's first peer-to-peer car sharing marketplace. Um, so plain and simple, we make it safe and easy to rent cars from your neighbors. So uh, the way that it works is that if you're a car owner, uh, whenever you're not using your car, you can rent it out to people in your community and make money. On average, $250 a month, but uh, it's possible to make over $1,000 a month. If, uh, if you could use a car from time to time, uh, Really Rides means convenient, affordable cars right in your neighborhood. Uh, you know, these cars are already on your streets. They're, you know, they're, um, they're all over the place. And so uh, Really Rides is a way to make it safe and convenient to connect um, and better utilize those cars. And uh, Really Rides is, is the platform that makes that possible and, and safe. Um, we provide a, an insurance policy that covers every reservation. That's generally the first question we get from car owners is, sure. What about insurance? <laughs> so uh, we've got you covered. It's on our policy, not yours. Uh, and then we provide a platform to make the transaction really simple as well. Right. Now, how exactly did this all come about then in terms of the idea and, uh, you know, really going forward with it? 
Let's see. So I was living in Boston, and uh, I had been living without a car for a while, which is sort of an accident, actually. <laughs> and uh, you know, I was planning on getting another, uh, getting a new car, and I was uh, decided while I figured out what I wanted, I would use um, Zipcar. Zipcar is a car sharing service. It, it, it provides access uh, to cars on, on uh, a short-term basis uh, as an alternative to car ownership. And you know, I found that even though I didn't own a car, with Zipcar, I could uh, I had all the mobility that I needed. I, went, I could get a uh, convertible one day if I was going to the beach or an SUV uh, to go to Tahoe the next uh, or just you know, a, a hybrid to go around town. So I had a lot of flexibility. Um, you know, I also found that I was saving a lot of money because I was only paying for a car whenever I needed mm-hmm. whenever I needed it as opposed to paying for it all the time. And I also found that I was driving a lot less. Uh, when you don't have a car just sitting right outside, uh, you think twice before you drive. And so I would walk more, bike more, take public transit more. And so all these these changes felt like really positive improvements in my life. And uh, you know, I was just really excited about about car sharing. the The limitation was that I had uh, I had trouble finding cars close to me on short notice. Hmm. And so uh, I mentioned I was living in Boston, and there was this one really awful winter day in late two thousand eight. And I reserved the closest car to me, and it was two and a half miles away. So I had to <laughs> yeah, hop on my bike and was sort of trudging through the, the sleet and the snow coming from every direction and passing hundreds of cars that were sitting on the side of the road. And I, uh, I sort of went back to those Kiva routes and realized that, wait a minute, we don't need more cars to solve this problem. What we need is a way to, to better connect within our own communities and uh, better utilize the resources we already have on our own roads. And so we could take this really awesome car, uh, concept of car sharing and make it, make it work for way more people in way more areas. So then when you did get it started and, and you know, obviously having to get the word out and, and probably really explain the difference between yourselves and, and Zipcar, I mean, did it, did it happen quickly? Did it, did it really take off? Were there some struggles or doubts that you had that this really would work? I mean, what was sort of the, the mindset and, and what happened, especially in those beginning periods? Well, so we, we really quickly saw a very positive reaction from um, from the community where, where we were working. Uh, we, we launched in Cambridge, Massachusetts in June of 2010, and there was a lot of enthusiasm from members. I mean, car car owners loved a way that they could better utilize you know their second most valuable asset, which mm-hmm. is sitting on the road 90% of the time. It's not, not being driven. And so here's a way that they can offset those costs at the same time helping out their neighbors. And um, the, the the renters loved connecting with their own, with their neighbors as well. They loved finding cars right where they lived, right in their neighborhoods, um, and they liked the fact that their money was going directly into one of their neighbors' pockets as sure. opposed to a big putting. Um, so you had this really strong symbiotic community of neighbors helping neighbors that was really interesting and exciting to see. You know, there was there was a lot of enthusiasm behind the concept, but it didn't grow that quickly in the beginning. And I think the reason was because uh, at the time we were requiring a car owner to install a little device in their car before uh, it could be rented. The little uh, little device allowed uh, people to access the car by just um, you know not needing to meet the owner and exchange keys. But um, it was just a, it was a lot to get that. De- it was a big commitment to get the device installed for the car owner, particularly before they'd even you know try tried out the service. Mm-hmm. So. In March of this year, we actually launched uh, a new way to get involved. So as opposed to installing technology in every car, now the owner and the renter just meet up and exchange keys for most of the time. And so uh, it's not quite as high tech and it's you know um, not quite as smooth to actually get the car, but it's a lot easier to get cars into the marketplace and sort of eliminated this, you know, this big upfront friction uh, and also eliminated a big operational component, which, you know, uh, meant that we could only operate in, in two markets. So when we when we did this change, we actually were able to launch nationwide. And so we now, uh, in March this year, we launched nationwide with this uh, key exchange model. And now we've uh, we've been growing really quickly. So uh, we've got cars in over a thousand cities uh, all across the country, and it's uh it's it's been really exciting to watch it grow. 
well, obviously, you know, people listening are going to, you know, sort of have their ideas now and, and think about, okay, well, I have a vehicle that, yeah, I'd, I'd be willing to rent it out to people. So for those that are listening and have those ideas, give them, give them a sense of what it takes to get started in terms of, you know, are there requirements that they have to pass or the vehicle has to meet? Uh, any things about the, the owner themselves? I mean, what, what's sort of the, the startup process for somebody who does want to have their car available for others to, to rent? Uh, it's really simple. Uh, just come to the website at reallyrides.com and you can have your car listed in under five minutes and then you'll start to get requests uh, on your car. So people who are looking for a car will come to, to Relay Rides and search, um, type in their address or neighborhood and can see a bunch of options right where they live. And they find a car that works for them uh, and they put a, a request for that car. And then as a car owner, you'll see that request. You'll get to see uh, the schedule that the renter needs. And then you'll also get to take a look at the renter's profile. So uh, the renter... You know, you, you can see the number of times they've rented before and what people had to say about them. You can see if they've uh, connected their, their Facebook account. Um, so get a lot of information about the renter's profile. And if you feel comfortable with them and, uh, you know, the schedule works, then you can approve that request. Oh, and by the way, the car owner also sets the price. Um, so okay. it's up to you. We, we provide some guidance to help you understand what um, cars like yours rent out for typically. But it's up to you. Then... Uh, uh, then whenever the reservation comes around, uh, you find a way to get the keys to the owner. Usually meet up and exchange keys with the owner. Um, sometimes people will use a lockbox or um, maybe leave the key with the doorman, depending on where they live. So uh, you know, the renter drives off, um, re- you know, brings the car back in the same condition they found it, replace the gas they use, and we handle all the billing and contracts and, and payment. So you'll get paid uh, the next month, and people are making really good money. Um, as I mentioned, about $250 a month on average, but every month we see car owners make well over $1,000. Well, since you, you brought that aspect of it up, and you know, I think this does play a, a part, you know, you think about whether it be because of the economy or people who are, are struggling for different reasons. Have you noticed, have you heard stories? Do you talk with people in terms of, are people trying this as a, as a relatively steady income? Is it, is it more people who are just looking for extra cash? Do you get a sense of maybe the, the demographics in terms of, of the employment aspect of it and the financial gain that people might get out of it? You know, the average person, um, I think, is just looking to offset their costs. Uh-huh. So as I mentioned, the average person makes about $250 a month off of Relay Rides. That's what their check is. And uh, the average car payment is around $240 a month. Hmm. And so what that means is the average person on Relay Rides is getting a free car, which is a pretty powerful statistic. Yeah, that works. <laughs> um, so, you know, I mean, uh, for most people, they're just looking to offset some of their expenses. Although some people are, you know, uh, are a bit more savvy. So we have... Uh, a couple of car owners, you know, who we consider mini entrepreneurs, uh, who have actually purchased um, several cars to mm. rent out through the marketplace, um, and are able to make a lot of money. I also know of a car owner; she had a a little BMW and then was moving to the mountains, and so uh, she was going to sell her BMW and decided to, um, and instead, um, she decided to keep the BMW and rent it out full time, and um, she bought an SUV for the mountains. And the BMW paid for her SUV. So <laughs> one car paying for the other. And uh, yeah, I mean, for people who you know have a good location and uh, you know their car is available a lot, they can make a really good amount of money and it can be a meaningful uh, you know, uh, form of income for them. You brought up the idea of, of being in a, a good location. Uh, and you know, I'm guessing that, you know, as you said, you'd start in a place where you see all these cars lined up and not being used and that sort of thing. But from the the renter's point of view, I mean, is there an indication of where the best locations are in terms of uh, whether it be you know city versus urban, uh, large cities? And the reason I ask is because 
you talk about all the cars that are around, but you might have somebody in an urban area who doesn't have a vehicle and it's hard for them to get around if they don't have their own vehicle. Have you noticed what the trends are in terms of location and success? You know, I think in general, uh, it's you know, places where it's easier to live without a car are going to be a little bit more popular. Mm-hmm. So places that uh, are more convenient to public transit and, you know, relatively dense areas are going to be a little bit more popular. There's a couple of factors. And another thing is, you know, if uh, some car owners will write in their profile, that they're willing to drop the car off. Hmm. Uh, in that case, you know, it be- location becomes really flexible, right? Because, sure. uh, you know, it's not that the person has to walk to the car, you know, the car can come to them. You know, that can sort of help make up for, uh, you know, a less than ideal um, location. You know, but we certainly do see activity uh, in less dense areas um, you know, that, you know, are tough to live without a car. And in those areas, you know, I think that it's not households, you know, completely living a car-free lifestyle, um, you know, choosing to only access mobility as opposed to owning a car. It's people who, uh, you know, are looking to round down the number of cars that they own or uh, buy more um, practical cars. So, you know, we talk a lot about the one and a half and two and a half car households. And so mm. Those are households that always need one car and sometimes need two. And, you know, I think up until recently, it really required that you bought that second car if you needed it at some points, because, you know, how else are you going to get it if you need it? But with, uh, you know, the uh, the growth of Reeler Rides uh, and other car sharing services, it becomes realistic to actually access that second car. And so um, you know, that's what we're, we're hoping to do. And also a lot of people to buy uh, cars that fit their family better. So, you know, a lot of people will buy a big SUV, even though the majority of the time it's, you know, one or two people in the car. Sure. And so... And this enables you um, to access that big car, you know, the time that you're, you know, the one time a month you need to carry around six kids and a dog. But uh, the majority of the time you could drive around something more, um, you know, uh, cheaper to buy and uh, more fuel efficient for your family. So then when you're, when you're speaking to people and, and maybe laying all this stuff out, what do you really stress and point to as the, the biggest benefits to relay rides, whether it be the owner's perspective, the renter's perspective, the idea of community, as you've touched on a couple of times, I and mean, what do you really focus on and, and like to point out? I think what we're, you know, most excited about is the ability to, you know, the concept of access over ownership. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mobility for most people in the United States means personal car ownership, driving yourself in your car. And that's something that's just, it's very wasteful. Um, The average car is idle 92% of the time. And uh, there are more cars in the United States than drivers. There's 1.2 cars for every licensed driver in the United States, which is just mind boggling. Yes, it is. So we're really excited about changing that mentality and those statistics and and uh, helping helping people to make smarter choices for themselves, their families, their communities, and the environment. And so really at the heart of that is the concept of access over ownership. You don't need to own a car because you can access mobility when you need it. You care about getting from point A to point B. You don't necessarily care about owning the car. And that's what we think is sort of the, has the most potential to uh, you know, to really be a big idea. But you know, I think we're we're really excited about the idea that uh, you know we're we're helping car owners make significant money, particularly in a tough economic time. And for you know for renters, you know we're making accessing mobility possible not just in dense urban areas, but all the way across the country. And really, the first time that's ever happened. A lot of things you talk about, and to me, this is all encompassed in this uh, what seems to be really a strong push right now with peer-to-peer lending, you know, neighbors helping neighbors, you hear different terms, collaborative consumption, that sort of thing. That's what really led me to to you guys. Can you kind of share your general thoughts and insight into this sort of trend, which I mean, really is becoming more than just a trend and, you know, relay rides being a part of it and just the idea of the, the business model that it really is and that really it might be here to stay and, and how it is working and, and what you see maybe with, uh, with how it is currently and also in the future. Well, you know, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I just talked about the concept of access over ownership. 
And I think that this is something that really rings true uh, for a lot of people in a lot of areas. So, yeah, I, I think there's sort of like two core parts. Um, yeah, access to ownership is one. And the second is uh, that value unused is waste. Hmm. Um, and so when you sort of put those things together, you know, you see that uh, in many different areas throughout what's been called the sharing economy or collaborative consumption, where, you know, I have some extra space in my apartment. You know, I have extra uh, bedroom or even a couch that's I'm, I'm not being right. used. Um, and, uh, you know, I can let somebody stay there and make some money. I have some time or skills that are that aren't being used. And um, so that you know, may mean that I can do, um, you know, simple tasks on, uh, you know, marketplace like TaskRabbit. You know, I think that the early 2000s was a great you know, the early and mid 2000s was was a great time. The economy was doing well, everything was growing growing well, and then we hit you know 2008, and there was a you know a, a big economic crisis. And I think that people were forced to take a, a step back and look at their lives and how they were spending their money. And a lot of people realized that wait a minute, this this doesn't make sense. This is this is pretty wasteful. And so, you know, I think that that was uh, a major. It really helped the sort of the sharing economy to accelerate mm-hmm. and help people leverage these, you know, these concept of access over ownership and, and value and used as waste. So overall then, I mean, what sort of impact do you envision with these types of, again, you know, collaborative businesses, peer-to-peer lending, that sort of thing? I mean, do you see this having a major impact on things like the economy or even traditional businesses? Because I've I've heard, read some things where there's skepticism towards it and how it might affect, you know, the, the traditional models of, of business and whatnot. I mean, do you see a certain impact of this this peer-to-peer idea working? So absolutely. You know, I think, well, I sort of heard two different parts there that you know, I think we can talk about separately. So one was, you know, how does this impact uh, other, you know, other businesses, traditional businesses? And then the other one was, you know, how is this impacting the economy? Mm-hmm. Um, so so maybe let's talk about those two things separately. So the first thing about how this is impacting businesses um, you know, I, I think that it is, uh, you know, having an impact on uh, on lots of different businesses, and uh, in some cases, it can be really in a positive way. You know, we talk about relay rides and car sharing as an alternative to car ownership, and so you know, the most direct thing that you you would want to look at uh, in terms of how we're affecting is is car ownership and the car manufacturers. And interestingly, uh, the car manufacturers have um, really embraced car sharing. I think that what they're realizing is that this is a trend that's happening. You know, car sharing is growing that people all in many different areas are choosing to access things instead of owning them. And this is something that's going to continue to grow whether we want it to or not. So we can either try and fight it or stop it, or we can be the first people to the party and try and benefit from this as, as you have a changing landscape. Mm-hmm. So we've actually done a partnership with General Motors and a number of other car, sh- car manufacturers also have initiatives in car sharing. And so the way our partnership works with General Motors is that uh, if you have, uh, if you're a GM car owner, when you're linking your, or when you're signing up your car, um, you'll get prompted to link your uh, your OnStar and your Relay Rides accounts. Uh, so then, whenever a renter has the car reserved, they can walk up and they can unlock the car through OnStar. So you actually don't need to meet up and exchange keys with the owner. Okay. Um, the owner can just use an app or or text the car for it to unlock, which is pretty cool to stand in front of a car and watch it unlock. <laughs> uh, you know, text it and walk it, watch it unlock. So you know, I think that that was really interesting that the car manufacturers are sort of realizing that there may be an upside for them in this changing economy where they should be selling what people want. Mm-hmm. And for some people, that's not a car, that's mobility. And so this is really the first time that they can that they can sell mobility and start to build relationships with people who don't own a car. So I found that to be really interesting to watch um, other traditional businesses uh, find a way to benefit from, you know, from this majorly changing, these majorly changing trends. 
The other thing that uh, you know you talked about was you know how does this how is this impacting the economy? And I think you know obviously the biggest buzzword in our economy these days is jobs. Um, it's you know it's an absolutely tough economic time, uh, and a lot of people are having are having trouble making ends meet. And so what I think is really interesting about the the sharing economy is that it's providing new ways for people to access you know to to create income, um, and there are lots of different ways that our people are doing this. And I think that some people are, are sort of taking a sort of a portfolio approach to to income as opposed to having you know one comfortable job, you know where you know if something happens in the company then you know they'd be completely out of, you know completely out of business mm-hmm. uh, and you know and, and lose their income altogether. Some people are looking to several of these different platforms to create um, multiple sources of income for them and their family. So you can be renting out your car through relay rides. You can rent out, uh, you know, a spare room through Airbnb. You can be doing some tasks on TaskRabbit. Um, maybe doing some uh, some odd jobs on Odesk. But there are ways for people to be creating a meaningful income from these different marketplaces, and they do it in a way that's really on their own terms. Um, they can work as much as they want, um, doing the projects that they want, you know, accepting the reservations uh, that work for them and their schedule. And so. You know, it's really defining, you know, redefining uh, what work means. Um, and you know, for some people, it can be really great change because uh, you're sort of um, you're putting things on your own terms uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, just being being locked into one job. Well, I think it's interesting also, and, and I think people pick this up uh, just some of the things you've talked about and how freely you talk about some of these other, you know, collaborative type um, businesses and the, and the peer-to-peer idea. And this is consistent with things I've read and, and different people I've talked to, and that there really appears to be a kinship among all of you guys and, and, and ladies who are running these organizations and participating, whether it be things like you mentioned, TaskRabbit, your, yourselves, um, Odesk you mentioned. Um, why, why is it the case where it seems to be this really, again, even working together when you could argue in some cases you're a competitor or you, know, you don't necessarily need each other's help, why does there seem to be such a, a kinship among these groups of, of a collaborative economy, as you call them? We see that there is a, a common thread that you know, cars and apartments are very different. But this concept of um, inviting somebody in to use your, one of your assets, you know, renting out some of your free space or, or time in your car, uh, it's a very similar type of behavior, uh, and uh, both on the owner and the renter side. You know, choosing to, to rent a car from Relay Rides as opposed to a car rental agency, or use, choosing to use Airbnb as opposed to renting, uh, you know, a big hotel or a room for, uh, at a ho- at a traditional hotel, so you know, I think that as somebody rents their car out through relay rides, they're more likely to say, you know, hey, that was a pretty good experience. We've got a spare bedroom. Why don't you know? Why don't you rent that out through Airbnb? And same thing on the renter side. You know, if if you've had a good experience renting a car from one of your neighbors, um, maybe the next time you travel, you can you'll consider renting from a local as opposed to a hotel. And so I think that there's a common mentality that you know, we're helping to develop. And so that's sort of a really specific way I think that there's a benefit. But in general, I think that you know all of us see that we're working on similar things. We're trying to to change people's minds in similar ways. Mm-hmm. And so we're more able to do that um, you know, as we stand together than, uh, than alone. Well, we're getting a little low on time, but I did want to ask just, uh, basically, I don't want to call it a summary, but it's sort of wrap up the stuff we've been talking about and, and coming from your perspective what tips, what guidance, what advice would you offer up to anyone who maybe they're looking to to start something up in this this peer-to-peer idea or they want to participate in some way? I mean, is there any particular advice that you would give to them? Well, let's see. So if you're, uh, I'll start with if you're just thinking about this space, um, you know, I encourage you to give it a try, you know, uh, you know, sign up for Relay Rides, um, you know, put up your car, uh, you know, if you're traveling, rent, rent an apartment from, from, from Airbnb, give it a try. I think you'll be, uh, you know, if you're a skeptic, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. 
Uh, you know, for a lot of car owners who put their car up on the website, they may be hesitant at first, you know, but they have the power to approve, you know, the, the person's request. And, you know, once you actually meet with that person the first time and you have a conversation with them and you hand over their keys and they look you in the eye and tell them that they'll take care of your car, I think it's a very different experience. And, you know, you can also experience that as when you're staying with somebody at Airbnb or you're renting with somebody's car from Relay Rides, just that the interaction you have with the owner or the host, I think, may change your mind. And so, you know, a lot of people are doing this, um, you know, and, and uh, where people are having great experiences. So I encourage you to, uh, to dive in and give it a try. If you're thinking about starting, a, you know, a business in the, in the, in the peer-to-peer space or the, you know, the sharing economy, one thing that I will uh, encourage you to keep in mind is uh, the importance of trust and safety. Hmm. You know, we are creating relationships between, between strangers. And so it takes a lot to make those, uh, you know, make, make those people, you know, feel comfortable building a relationship online. We think about trust and safety as two very different things. Um, you know, safety is, you know, sort of the infrastructure that we provide to keep people safe. So insurance, uh, we provide an insurance policy that covers every, every reservation. We screen the driving record of every renter. We have um, some sophisticated fraud and identity theft checks. So these are sort of the things that, that, that we do in the background to keep you safe. And trust is, uh, you know, it's a little bit more visible um, where you know, things like a peer-to-peer rating system uh, and reputations and, and profiles um, that, uh, you know, make it more clear who, who you're de- dealing with, providing a lot of transparency there, as well as making meaningful reputation so that you're, you're inclined to, uh, to behave well in the marketplace. And if you don't, um, it's very easy to see that. Well, great. Uh, and with that, we'll wrap things up here on Life versus Work. But, uh, the, you know, the peer-to-peer world is definitely something to check out for yourselves in, in one capacity or another, as, as you said. Uh, our expert guest today has been Shelby Clark, founder and chief community officer of one of those organizations, Relay Rides. And, of course, you can head to RelayRides.com to get all the info you need about them. Shelby, thanks a lot for bringing in your perspective today. And for those listening, please feel free to send us an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com with any comments or suggestions. For everyone here at localjobnetwork.com radio, I'm Tim Muma. Take care.